Welcome to Everything Belongs, a podcast exploring the subtleties of living, creating, leading, and thriving while in the deep end of life. I'm your host, Madison Morgan, and here with me and my weekly guests, you can expect curious and brave conversations all centering around what it means to live into the process of awakening to our worth, wholeness, and power. We will talk about personal, collective, and spiritual freedom, riff on sovereign leadership, living in levity, and bridge the mystical with the down-to-earth and practical. There is not much we shy away from here because at this table, everything belongs. Today, I'm in conversation with Kaki Arnaud. Kaki is an energetic anchor whose mission is to make space for a new paradigm through connection and curiosity. She believes that when we venture beyond our version of normal and go deeper into ourselves, we begin to capture the essence of our own humanity. Her work supports healers, community gatherers, and leaders to anchor energy and embody the translation of their story. In this rich conversation, Kathy and I touch on being sovereign over our gifts, a clear container for our own energies, and surrendering to the interconnectedness of earth and divine. Kaki explains how her sensitivity awakened her to her energetic gift, which allowed her to tap into the interconnectedness of essence, earth, people, and herself. We nourishingly explore how being in our own essence actually allows all of us to thrive. I cannot wait for you to sink into this episode. Let's dive in. Kaki, thank you so much for joining me on my podcast and being the first person I'm interviewing to really set the tone for what the rest of the interviews will hold. It is one of the deepest honors that I can think of. So thank you, Madison. You're welcome. So I've already introduced you and shared about your um, energetic gifts of grounding, anchoring, and remembering. And we've chatted about how that is certainly my experience of being your friend and then also working with you um, in, in an energetic capacity. And so I'm, I'm curious how you would describe, if you could describe, what exactly is your experience of energy and of your own energetic gift? It's been a long journey, certainly, of, you know, my whole lifetime trying to figure out why I felt so sensitive, why I always felt intimidating to other people. Um, It was something that I struggled with for a really long time because I didn't necessarily understand what a gift it really was. And Mm. so as I've been able to dive deeper into a remembering of myself, I've also been able to connect to this deep grounding, anchoring energy and been able to understand essentially how it connects every living thing. A lot of, a lot of people call it life force energy. I'm Mm -hmm. realizing that that is the connection that I have. It's, and it feels deeply personal, but at the same time, very um, universal. Yeah. Can you, I'm curious about your experience of your own sensitivity in childhood, because whenever my, whenever I interact with you and in particular through this um, gift that you have, it is a wildly anchoring and earth feeling energy. I, it 
helps me feel so safe and secure. And so hearing your experience as being sensitive almost feels in contrast to how secure you feel. And so I'm, I'm kind of curious for you to describe what it was like growing up really sensitive and then like learning about this part of yourself. Yeah, <laughs> I would say, so I'm an only child um, in many ways. I've only ever lived as an only child. We'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that forced me inside early on. Lots of imaginary friends, lots of stuffed animals and self play dates. <laughs> so I had all these worlds that I inhabited myself. Um, and my outer connections were a lot more tricky. Um, I would mostly because I was always very acutely aware of other people's energies and as a kid you don't really know what that means or what that is or I mean maybe I even thought that everybody was like that and Mm -hmm. that some people just got along and some people didn't and it didn't have anything to do with the fact that I could like sense more about somebody than they maybe even knew about themselves Mm. um it kind of became overwhelming at one point I tried to to tune it out with all sorts of things, music and food and uh, sports. But it it never really would let go. Mm. So I started to, like, come to terms with that maybe around the time I hit high school, saying, okay, I'm going to accept this and, and figure out how to move through the world with this because it's not leaving. And so I'm going to have to figure out how to forge connection with people that's not just based on the the things I'm feeling about them, but is really based on their feelings about themselves. So I kind of had to say to this energetic gift, like, okay, sit down, have a seat at the table, mm-hmm. but you don't get to like run the show. Mm-hmm. Um, it, <laughs> it's kind of, this is a very ambiguous way to answer this question. I realize. No, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Keep going. Um, so as I, like, invited this this profound energetic connection to the table of my friendships, the relationships that I developed, you know, ways that I would walk through the world, um, it helped inform me that everybody has this dramatic energetic connection to the world around them, whether or not they're aware of it. And I realized that oftentimes my energy was kind of pointing me towards the people that were least aware of the connection. So so it made it doubly difficult. Yeah. Why do you think that was? Probably a really early indication that uh, helping people re-enter the web of connection and collective consciousness was going to be in my future. Mm. Uh, Future self informing my my little child self, mm-hmm. which is not a concept I've really gotten comfortable with until recently. Mm-hmm. So it's something that, just to make sure I'm understanding you, 
that as a child, you were acutely sensitive to what was happening around you. And what I'm hearing is that made you feel different, like you weren't having the same connections that other people were having, yet you were wildly more aware of this, what I'm just going to say is another realm, or maybe like a, a sixth sense that it didn't seem like anyone else was paying attention to, but it was the volume on that was amplified for you. Your synthesis of that story is remarkable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. So I'm, I'm hoping that's a yes. <laughs> Are you correct? Yes, you did. Yeah. So what I, what I love about what you said in particular is that at a certain point in your own development, you realized that you had some sort of sovereignty over this energetic gift, that it didn't have the power to overtake you. Could you talk more, speak more to yeah, that? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, in a way that I never really was able to like figure out with fear, um, I was able to figure it out with this energetic connection is, is that it was a part of me, but it wasn't necessarily running my thoughts and decisions and actions. So I was able to kind of... Um, what am I trying to say here? The connection to this energy as a gift and to knowing yeah. that, that it was available as a supportive structure for me. Um, mm-hmm. To understand that it was separate from me, but that it was continually accessible to me as something mm. that was trying to help me find my way and my path forward through the world. Mm. I would say that probably that connection probably didn't happen if I'm being honest until uh I was in college and living by myself like outside of my family structure. Mm. Mm-hmm. So the the levels of sovereignty really were layered upon each other. Yeah, and it seems like you alluded to really realizing that like this gift is something that is really here to serve and also can help you serve as long as you are in the sovereignty of it and it's not um, taking over you. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had the experience of it, like, running, like, taking over for me. Mm-hmm. I would say the experience was, you know, either one of me cutting it off and trying to, like, not listen to it, so, you know, kind of cutting the head off the snake in a way um or one of co-creation and co-collaboration mm-hmm. um and I don't know if that's was just an innate reaction to how it felt in my body uh, that would be my guess um but I'm not one to lose control to things uh, I've mm-hmm. never been much for psychedelic drugs or really even too much in drink. Like I don't like to lose control of my body because I feel so deeply connected to it. Mm. And so I think for that reason, I probably never really dove into the experience of like letting it run the show. Right. It's something that you can tap into. I'm curious if you could describe um, what it feels like to have this ability, because what I'm assuming is there's going to be people listening to this saying, 
oh my God, someone is describing how I felt as a child and I shoved this down and I turned it off. And then some people saying, I've always felt like this is a part of my reality and I didn't have words. I felt like, you know, it didn't make sense in my religion or I was taught that spirituality isn't real. So what is that thing I'm feeling? And then I actually think that there could be a piece um, where, you know, the um, empathetic gifts get misunderstood as codependence. And it doesn't sound like that is at all your experience of it, that you've learned really to know what is yours and what is not yours. The discernment component has come within the last couple of years, certainly like being very clear about what is my energy, what is not my energy, <clears throat> what's appropriate for me to step into and um, mingle with what's not. Um, asking permission energetically has become really important over the last couple of years mm. as I've started to learn that uh, not everybody welcomes energetic meddling, <laughs> <laughs> which mm -hmm. should be, you know, uh, kind of clear in the beginning. But I wasn't aware that I was... Um, energetically mingling with people it, it just came across like socially as as like intensity or how do you know so much about me or um, this feels uncomfortable but I don't know why hmm. there was another piece that you were discussing was like um, I feel like Glennon Doyle has put this so succinctly in her book Untamed about this inner knowing and feeling the voice of your own truth rising up from inside of your own body and that mm -hmm. connection. That is essentially what we're talking about. Um, so we all have access to at least some component of this, which is this connection to the collective consciousness, spirit, the divine, God, whatever name you give it. Mm -hmm. um, the, the fascinating experience that I've also had recently is, like, you know, along with discernment, knowing what is mine, what is not mine, is being able to build uh, a container for my own energy. And when I'm occupying that container, it is so much clearer and easier for me to drop in to a true connection to all of the things around me to the center to the core of the earth essentially mm -hmm. which is why it feels so grounding absolutely I'm, I'm curious because I've been learning to do this as well and my experience is so different because my makeup is different like the way that I I, I would say you and I, we take the high and the low, like two sides of the same coin, so to speak. And learning this has helped me integrate so much of the mental energy and the up and out energy that I naturally have helped me, like whenever I say anchoring and grounding, remembering that it's actually through the body that I manifest the life I want, not by leaving it. And the way that I'm hearing you describe this connection to life force, to source, is that it actually is coming through your body, not necessarily like from something outside of you. Exactly. It's, it's the interaction of the energies between the essence of you, 
that is contained only inside of your own body, right? And the, the essence of the earth, which has its own vibration that it emanates. And those, those two frequencies talk to each other and everybody has that, that connection, their own frequency that then has this discourse with the frequency of the earth and the feeling through that connection can only happen when we are fully in our own bodies. Hmm. I'm really curious if you could talk about whenever you said like a container for my energy and fully in my own body, could you maybe describe or walk us through what that actually means? Because it'd be really easy to be like, oh, well, Kaki is just someone with this amazing gift who's very special, and I don't have access to that. And I think we do that with, with spiritual gifts. So when people talk about things that are like consciousness or energy, and we, we either mistrust it or we think it's not for us. And what I've, what I've learned through our relationship is that like it is, it is through your body. It is something that we, we all have access to connecting to the earth and the earth's energy through the container of us. So I'm curious if you could walk us through, obviously this is something that you are very sensitive to as a child, but that learning to get in your own container and learning to work with it in a way that really benefits you and others. Um, could you walk us through what that looks like? Yeah, absolutely. Um, (laughs) gathering, so, okay, I'm going to start outside of my body for a second before we get back in, because we energetically leave imprints on places, people, things, anytime we interact energetically with another thing, we leave an imprint on it. So we've left like little residual bits of us floating around in the world. It happens every day. Um, One of my practices that I've learned through the work that we've done with Steph Jagger and Janet Bertelis um, specifically is, is this calling back of all of those little pieces and bits and fragments that we've kind of left out in the world and and kind of energetically calling them back into my body Mm -hmm. so I'll sit down and I'll get really quiet and it's almost like a meditation I'll just think back to all of the places that I've been throughout the day all of the people that I've interacted with, all of the trees that I touched or the flowers that I smelled. And just consciously what I'm doing is essentially thanking them and saying, thank you, I'm going to bring that energy back into my body now because all of me needs to be here and those experiences are part of me. And so it's almost like a, a magnet that is, that is picking up all of these little shards it's swirling above my head and it's kind of funneling these energetic experiences and bits back into my body. And I'll just let it sink down through all of the atoms and structures and spaces and kind of let it settle into 
my core and just fill me back up. Mm. And it, that's a time when I can also really drop into my connection to the earth. I love to put my feet flat on the ground and just feel the earth pushing back up against the soles of me, my feet supporting me so that I know I'm, I'm really safe and really being held. And at the same time, since I'm you know, fully back in me with all my bits of energy and I'm really supported from the earth, that's the time when I find that my connection to all, to spirit, to, to the universe is, is the clearest. Hmm. And so it's almost like a, a toroidal shape of energy that, is, that has, since I've pulled it all back in, I've created kind of this, this ball of essence of me again, and I can feel it. I can feel it swirling through my body, nourishing all the bits that were kind of missing. And then, yeah, it's like I'm, it's the time when I feel the most activated. Hmm. And so it's a practice. I mean, I have developed this over the last year for what really works for me. And it's different for every body for every person, for every essence, for, you know, everyone will have their own things that resonate with them or that don't. So they'll take something that works for them, maybe combine it with somebody else's meditation. And we can all have our own forms of practice around getting back in our bodies, really feeling what it feels like to have our energy contained within us because that's that's when we are the most connected yeah oh that was so beautiful to hear you describe and the way that you have certain visuals that come in because this is obviously a practice that I also have um but like you said everyone that like learns it in the way that they learn it and then bring in pieces that are a part of their journey into it so hearing, you know, the shape that you described and even the way that you said, you know, smelling the flower, calling that back to me is actually, it, it needs to be with me because that experience is a part of me. And the, <laughs> I guess the idea that I got in my mind, and this is potentially because of the way that I've used social media in the past or used photo is that I have often had a buffer between me and life. And that buffer has been the need to work, the need to have my phone. You know, it's, there's always something between me and life and the capturing of it has been the experience. And so it was really actually enlightening to hear you say that for me, because I'm actually seeing that as a huge block to full integration of my experience is capturing it. And I've actually been thinking so much about um, there are certain religious practices where people don't let them, their photo be taken. And um, okay. yeah, it is. Um, I'm, I'm probably never going to be that extreme about it, but it's really had me thinking about what, um, what it means to stop and capture something versus what it means to fully integrate it. There, that's discernment, right? That's a yeah. really great way to practice discernment right there that you've just done because that's that's one of the, the things that I have 
an issue with in kind of the world and, and how we use technology these days because it it likes to separate us from ourselves and from our experiences of life in, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, not always. Um, but specifically this, this idea of capturing the experience versus experiencing the experience. Mm-hmm. It's a, I think it's, it's definitely one way that we have prevented ourselves from being fully embodied anymore and why this practice feels so challenging for people because because we've had we've been like one degree removed from ourselves for so long yeah and I mean culture can do that trauma can do that and that's trauma has been a big part of my journey which like healing from trauma and coming back into my body and for so many people whose bodies don't feel safe having a buffer between them and the world that they live in is actually, it feels the safest for, for a long while until your body is ready to heal and ready for the deepening of experience. Because to be quite honest, learning to come back into my body and to feel these energies, it is so beautiful. And also it, it can be overwhelming um, because not if you haven't lived there, there being your body for a long time, um, it, it comes slowly or it needs to come slowly through learning somatics and learning how to be with your body. And um, that's a totally different subject, but I just wanted to nod to anyone who's working on being in their body um, and just say that I understand it can be such a journey to get there and feel safe. Absolutely. And I'm glad you, I'm glad that you recognize that and, and speak to the somatic experience and the nervous system because Everybody in this world experiences trauma, and it's really good to acknowledge that and to to be aware of it, especially as you do consciously choose to fully embody your energy again. Mm-hmm. I am super curious, Kathy, as you've, as you've come back into your own energy and made this container for yourself to call back your energy, deeply feel yourself, and then connect to the earth. I'm curious what has changed about your like actual life, like around you, like your relationships, not that your relationship with yourself isn't your actual life. It is like the most actual life, but the life that you live outside where you're with your partner, with your family, um, interacting with the world, has that shifted since coming into wholeness? It absolutely has. Um, Specifically in that uh, my family structure is quite stable relative to, to many in our society, and it's quite nurturing, but it is, it's still limiting for, for someone who has such large and esoteric beliefs like myself. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um, I have been more open about my connection to the earth and it has brought me more surprising and deeper connections to members of my family that I was not expecting. Wow. Um, I have a a pretty, (laughs) pretty uh, extended family. Um, It's, it's a widespread net of people 
And there are so many different ways that they walk through the world that I was kind of not necessarily expecting them to react and connect to what I was talking about. Um, but it has been lovely. It's been hard to share some of the stuff with my mother, but that's mm. another story. <laughs> yeah. Well, another chat on the mother wound, potentially. Right. <laughs> Separate day. Whole, Separate different, whole different can of worms there. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but but specifically also in, in my partnership uh, with my partner, Eric, um, the clarity in communication and and where I'm coming from as I communicate has been a, a dramatic shift because I would, I will say that the knowledge of self really makes it easier to be transparent and uh, clear with my partner, which mm-hmm. has been a real gift. I'm curious if there have been um, any internal roadblocks to owning this part of yourself, like any fear, um, because like you said in the beginning, it feels deeply personal. And I think that's how a lot of our spiritual worlds feel to us. And with my clients and the people who take my programs, what I hear a lot, and it very much mirrors my journey, is that although there is a rich inner world and a rich relationship with divine source, um, sharing that with others um, in general is difficult. And then starting to be like, oh, and I'm going to share this professionally is even more difficult um, because we're, we're in a culture that very much wants proof and quantifiable evidence of how this is going to benefit. And usually, um, that assumption is if it, I want a physical thing or I want more money to buy more physical things is like what we are taught that something is valuable through. And so I'm, all of that to say, I'm curious if there have been um, roadblo- roadblocks in feeling your own validity and in, in sharing this and really owning it as an energetic gift. Oh, sure. I mean, the things that come to mind immediately are imposter syndrome and um, what use is this to the world at large? And I mean, there have been many, many roadblocks, Uh, a lack of um, self-trust. Inherently, I've always had a very strong uh, self, like knowledge of my own self-worth. So interestingly, that has not come into play with this, but all of the others absolutely have. I mean, our society does such a great job of trying to tell us what it thinks we should be, um, that when you start to peel back all the shoulds and leave what is, you don't necessarily trust it because you've been told not to trust it. So as I was peeling back the layers of the onion, for this uh, energetic connection and, and deep, deep grounding uh, work that I do, it, it a lot of those things, you know, popped up right in front of my face. Um, interestingly, I'm realizing that they kind of present themselves in physical symptoms 
for me now. If I don't trust myself or if I'm too in my head about something, I'll get a sinus infection or a head cold. Uh, it won't last very long, but it will definitely present itself about 24 hours after the event. Mm. Um, that it's it's interesting that that is occurring. It makes me think about our human connectedness, which you know we're all interconnected, but we're also directly connected to all of the living things in the world through this this energy. And I've have been reading recently about how the fungi, the mycorrhizomes in the earth connect all different types of trees in a forest and share nutrients through each of these different kinds of trees in varying degrees. But that's really what makes a forest a forest is, is this interconnectedness. Nothing can stand alone and be fully healthy the way it is in a forest if it's just by itself. And that's kind of how I've started to think about all of this. So whenever I come up on like a self-trust block, I realize that I am a deeply important piece of this forest. And if I don't continue to contribute the nutrients that I contain, then the rest of the forest will suffer. Wow. So what I'm, what I'm getting from that is, um, and partly this is informed by a book that I'm reading, The Sophia Code, and I'm on the chapter about Mary Magdalene, and what she's, what she's saying that um, I hear you repeating in different language is that following your heart and following what's true for you is nourishment for others. Like, because we are all connected, that your well-being is nourishment for the entire world. But, and also, that means that others following their path and others being well is nourishment for the whole. Exactly. Exactly that. It's so deeply important to understand that that the, the pain alone and the injustice alone has no weight if there is no joy. It's, you know, you can't only live in fighting against things that are bad if you don't have a grasp on how connected and beautiful and wonderful all the good things are, too. It's that gorgeous balance of the interconnected and interwoven web that our earth contains. It's just... She's truly, I think, teaching us so much right now. I mean, we're recording this... um, amid everything with COVID-19 and I think we're all seeing how the interconnectedness of all beings is so it's so top of mind right now and so important for us to be witnessing and acknowledging right now oh yeah (laughs) it's I was thinking about this as I was reading the uh about this whole forest concept I was like oh wow the fungi and their little webby fingers that are going through all of these forest floors, they're like the internet for the trees. <laughs> it's like, that's a ridiculous statement, but I love it because it makes me feel like, you know, in a way, as above, so below, like we have developed a web of connection where we can nourish each other and feed each other and, and balance each other just yeah. in the same way that the 
the forest floor is nourishing and feeding and balancing the forest. Absolutely. I'm, I'm curious for, for anyone listening to this, if you could, um, if you could offer them anything that would really support them in coming into their own wholeness, obviously you already did. You shared with us the calling back your energy that you do and creating your own container. Um, I'm, what I'm curious about is that that interconnectedness, it seems only we can understand it cognitively, but it seems like you understand it in a way that is from being in all of yourself and then feeling the earth. And you talk about like going to the center of the earth. Could you describe or um, even just share what your experience is like anchoring down so that it is safe to feel the interconnectedness? Because for some of us, that feels very overwhelming or just like a really sweet idea. It doesn't, it, we might know it's real, but we might not be experiencing it as real. Sure. <laughs> That's a, wow. Hmm. How does it truly feel? It feels like being absorbed into all of the density that is at the center of the earth. It's like, it's, it's essentially full surrender. Mm. And so whatever that is for you as an individual, um, because it, surrender comes to us in so many beautiful and brutal ways, right? that as you release and, and give up all of the things that you thought made up you into the space of interconnectedness, into the density of the center of the earth, into the heat and the warmth and the... Uh, there's like a, a rich texture to it. Um, something that you, in fact, brought to my visions of, of what it feels like to be fully connected and anchored deep into this, into the core of the earth is it feels like velvet. Mm. There's just, mm -hmm. it's like being wrapped in velvet, sitting in a pool of liquid gold. <laughs> that is the most beautiful description. And I, I hold a deep belief that we are all divine royalty and so hearing you talk about feeling connected to yourself and to the earth as feeling like gold and velvet just further affirms this feeling that we are all divine, which is a, a deep belief that I hold. It's so beautiful. Mm. So I have a couple more questions and then I have some fun ones for us to answer as we right before we go. I'm curious okay. for people who are listening to this and are like, oh my gosh, I, I think I have access to this, um, but maybe is still afraid of owning it, leaning into it because of what you said at the beginning of just feeling different and kind of weird or like people didn't get you or like you weren't, you know, connecting. What would you, what would you say to someone who shares those feelings or a similar experience of energy? For me, it was hugely important to find some sort of supportive network that would be able to understand 
how I operate in the world without having to put any framework on top of it. So finding finding a network, a community, a support system, whether it's one person, because I believe that is possible for one person to be able to hold that, um, or whether it is many, uh, the vulnerability of being open to whatever it is that may present itself for you and however it manifests uh, is another big part of it. That was a, a large step for me because I spent so much time protecting myself by by shielding you know my my heart space from others because it was it felt unsafe to share all of it because I didn't know how it would be received. Um, so that vulnerability and, and being open to the full experience is nerve wracking, but desperately important if you want to try and dive into the real fullness of self and energy. Hmm. <laughs> what you're saying obviously choked me up. It in at the retreat I co-hosted with Barbara Roshan and Hillary McBride back in January of this year. A, the big theme of the retreat was you belong to yourself together. Mm, and I love that. Yeah, it it has really stuck with me and it's becoming a center piece of a lot of the writing I'm doing. But what I literally just heard you saying about this, I mean, the calling the energy back, all of that is self-belonging, it's self-containment, it's, it's knowing that your body, your energy, your, your soul is yours, and at the same time, like, the, the best way to come into your fullness is to be with people who can see you. Absolutely. And so it's coming into wholeness and self-belonging in a space of belonging with others who have the capacity to see all of you in how fucking vulnerable it is <laughs> to be seen in your fullness. Yeah. Talk about being <laughs> naked and with eye, all the eyes on you. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, I have some um, rapid fire questions that I'm realizing now might not, they could have probably been a whole interview to themselves. <laughs> <So> <laughs> um, I would like to share some of these rapid fire, but Kathy, before we kind of shift into a different mode is there anything else that you feel was left unsaid about energy about full ownership of yourself um or about what you want people to know about their capacity to hold this gift i think that one of the most important things is actually what you just touched on right in the very last moment before we were starting to transition which you dealt with at your retreat in Hawaii was this, the, the way through to feeling connected to everybody else and everything else. And this deep energetic anchoring is through your own self. Mm-hmm. So the deeper you can get into your own self, the more connection is available to you out into the universe. Oof. 
That reminds me of what Sue Monk Kidd said in her interview with Brene Brown. I'm going to botch the actual quote, but it was something along the lines of the deeper you go within the self, the more you find the universal. Yeah, it's almost, I was listening to it yesterday, so I read uh, the name fully. Uh, I, I had to actually pause it. I couldn't even finish the interview. <laughs> oh, I just have just, to simmer. Uh, and the way she was talking about taking your own breath, like you should, everyone should do something that takes their own breath away. Uh, wow. That Talk also, about. like those two things just oh, imprinted yeah. right on my heart. Yeah, no kidding. I will leave that, the link to that podcast in the show notes of this podcast because it's a different, it's a different conversation, but there were elements of it that I know you and I both so have our feet like way deep in. So I'm curious for you to describe um, in just um, in, a, in a short little way what your spiritual background was like growing up, if you had any at all. I didn't have one. Um, my, my family in France was Catholic, but not particularly practicing. And my family here in the United States didn't go to church. Um, there was broad belief that all religions are one in a way. It was, it was about connecting with nature and with yourself. So I was deeply, deeply lucky to have the wide openness of whatever I felt called to, to guide me in my spiritual beliefs and my spirituality. And for a long time, I chose not to have any at all. So coming back to it in this way has been beautiful. I love, I love to hear that. I'm curious, this is, a, this is a big question, but if you could answer it in like four words or less, what identities have you had to let go of to own your fullness today? Mm. Intellectual, athlete, tyrant. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I don't know what else. I mean, there's that's three words. You can take three words. <laughs> I'll take three. I gladly accept three. I know there's certainly more for all of us than just three, but uh, what does grace mean to you? Everything. Mm. What is something you are enjoying learning right now? Ooh. I'm enjoying getting back into the scientific side of uh, this whole energy practice. Um, There's a lot in the biology and uh, chemistry of the human body and of the earth that that we're starting to learn communicates a lot more information than than we knew before. Mm. So fun. So fun. You dropped the word torrent. So if anyone wants to start their own journey learning, just Google that word and see what you see, what rabbit hole you end up in. (laughs) Rabbit hole indeed. Yes. Okay. Two more questions. What is your basic coffee shop order? Black coffee. Black coffee. Awesome. Mm -hmm. And the last question is a big one, but what do you want? 
Right now, I desperately want to see women claiming their space in the world, but in a way that it's clear, concise, discerning, and supportive. Oof. I affirm that once. <laughs> I second that once. Oh, that's so beautiful. Kaki, thank you so much for being the first person that I asked to be on the podcast and the first person I've interviewed to be on the podcast. Uh, it, your friendship means so much to me and this conversation, I cannot wait for people to hear it. I wish you could see how broadly I'm smiling right now because your words are just going straight to my heart and they fill me with so much joy. I mean, I cannot tell you what an honor it was to have this conversation with you. I'm just, it's beyond words. Well, if anyone is looking for you after this and is like, who is this woman? I need to know more. Is there anywhere they can go to get more from you? That is currently a work in progress, but mm-hmm. there will be a landing page soon. <laughs> and awesome. we'll be sure to get you the information so that Madison can then link it in the show notes. Sounds perfect. All right, Kaki, thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to Everything Belongs. If you loved this episode, please subscribe and leave me a five-star review on iTunes or your favorite podcast app so that others might find this podcast too. You can find the show notes and find out more about today's guests by going to madisonmorgan.com backslash podcast. And before you go, I want to tell you about Everything Belongs, the membership. For only $17 a month, join my monthly workshop gatherings that will serve as a playground and sacred circle to learn and explore a spirited life fully expressed in your worth, wholeness, and power. Members will have the opportunity to vote on podcast guests, pick workshop topics, send in questions to be answered live on the call, get a monthly journaling PDF, and members-only access to all of my coaching programs. If you're looking for a place to ground, gather, play, and explore all of the conversations shared here on Everything Belongs, then this is a space for you. For more information, go to madisonmorgan.com backslash membership. And if you're not following and chatting with me over on Instagram, please go do that now and DM me and let me know your favorite part of this episode. I cannot wait to hear from you. And until next time, remember that curiosity can be a portal to a rich life where everything truly belongs. See you next time.